Well, good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. You know, on Monday, we saw one of the most frightening uh, on-field scenarios that we've ever seen in NFL history. Uh, Buffalo Bills safety, uh, DeMar Hamlin, went into cardiac arrest and collapsed uh, in his uh, game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He received CPR on the field. He was transported to a Cincy hospital. The game was eventually ended, and he remains uh, in critical condition. He's in the intensive care unit. Um, There are reports, though, uh, that he's becoming responsive and communicating, uh, on paper anyways. Uh, He asked the question, did we win? The doctor's response was, yes, you won the game of life. But he's still in critical condition. Uh, there are a few things that really struck me uh, f- following this event. First was how the crowd was completely hushed up. They, it, it was a reverent moment, you might say. There was a sense of awe. Now, I do know many of them were probably carrying cell phones, and they were checking out their smartphones for maybe they were trying to see what was being what was being covered on the field but the point is uh, there were groups of people who got up during that time and they led various groups of people in prayer right there in the stadium it was in loud prayer i mean it was you could hear it um you don't see that kind of thing very often uh, and especially here we are in you know high uh, high-stakes entertainment. That's what NFL football is. And then on Monday night, the Bills changed their team profile picture. It's normally the team's logo. And, you know, it's on social media. It's on Facebook, on Twitter. They they changed it to DeMar's jersey with the words on top of his, on top of the jersey saying, pray for DeMar. By Wednesday, all the teams in the NFL had done the same thing. And, I mean, this is pretty unusual. The uh, By Wednesday, as I said, all the teams had in the NFL had done the same. And on Tuesday night, the ESPN's Dan Orlovsky did something I don't think I've heard an anchor or television show host do on a national broadcast. Um, it may have happened, but I cannot recall another instance quite like this. He asked his viewers on ESPN, to join him in prayer for a miracle. Take a listen to this. It's it's fairly short, but it's it's, it's bold. And he took a step forward. And uh, again, you might say he broke format to do this. I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And it's just on my heart that I want to pray for him. It is. DeMar Hamlin, right, right, right now. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard. Uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 So, I mean, this this happened right there. It's definitely a breaking of format. Uh, Orlovsky is uh, one of the analysts on ESPN's NFL Live. 
And he wanted to do something more than just say he would be praying for Hamlin. He wanted to offer prayer right on the program. Uh, and fellow analyst Marcus Spears, uh, host Laura Rutledge, uh, also bowed their heads and listened uh, as he prayed. Now, to me, this I'm not suggesting that this should be done every time there's a national disaster or a personal disaster. I'm not think people have to break format to do this. But on occasion, the Spirit of God resettles on someone, and they have an unusual boldness and a sense of what's appropriate in the moment. And I think that's what happened there with Dan Orlovsky. He's a former NFL quarterback, so he knows the game. Um, that boldness is, believe it or not, is getting wide approval, lots of praise for it. Now, I have to say, Orlovsky's been vocal about his faith in Christ uh, over the years. Uh, he has appeared multiple times at the Sports Spectrum podcast. He um, sometimes writes stories uh, integrating his faith with the sports world. He, on his, um, he wears a bracelet on his right wrist that quotes uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which you I'm sure no. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So, you know, he is he is known, even within his uh, professional field, for being um, an outspoken uh, Christian. And he, he said in the past, he has said, look, let me tell you what it means for me to be a follower of Jesus. I want, I'm going to quote him. I want people to completely understand that what I am is a walking representation of transformation. I'm a walking representation of brokenness. I'm a walking representation of having a relationship with a God that on a day-to-day basis lifts me up, on a day-to-day basis convicts my heart, on a day-to-day basis challenges me to think about things and people and not myself. So, uh, you know, this is the kind of guy who was there, and so at that moment he felt it appropriate to break format and do what uh, I have not seen done before on a national broadcast. Occasionally you might see these kind of things locally, but I don't recall a national instance of it. Something else I thought worth commenting on was the stadium's hush. You know, I remembered when that happened, what occurred to me is this is evidence that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And there are moments, like Monday night, when we're all reminded that we're but flesh. You know? You can be suited up and padded up and, and helmeted for the, for the NFL, or you can be hanging loose in the crowd cheering or booing for your respective teams. But when DeMar Hamlin collapsed, everybody realized that we're all cut from the same cloth. We're frail. Mortality brings everyone to hushed silence. And, you know, this is where that famous and, I guess, many times overused passage from John Donne applies. But I'm going to use it anyways. That when you saw what happened uh, to DeMar Hamlin, it's easy to remember that no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Any man's death or suffering diminishes me because I'm involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. And that's what the world witnessed on Monday night. Again, in the middle of high-stakes entertainment, professional football, two teams vying for the number one seed in the playoffs, and yet, bang, mortality raises its head. 
And people don't run away in fear. They extend themselves in an impulse of compassion and prayer. And uh, I think I mentioned earlier that there are actually groups praying uh, in the stadium. I think there are about 60,000 people there. You know, sometimes we think that the American public was more tolerant or approving of religious expression in the past. Um, yeah, you can make the case either way here. Uh, certainly, in the 1950s, there were institutional expressions of belief in God. You know, the phrase under God added to the Pledge of Allegiance, the uh, in God we trust on our currency. Uh, you know, so there, there, there were things going on like that. That's true. But let me point out that in 1965, Charlie Brown's Christmas almost never happened. Really. In 1962, the Supreme Court had ruled that public school officials could not mandate, nor could they lead prayer. That was the Engel v. Vitale decision. Next year was Abington School District v. Shemp. And then again, the Supreme Court found that school-sponsored Bible reading was unconstitutional. Um, you know, these were... So America was already becoming a more secularized uh, country in, in terms of its institutions. But on December 9th of 1965, a young boy threw up his hands in despair and shouted, Is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, Linus said, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And he dragged his trademark security blanket with him. He walked to the center of the school auditorium stage where friends were rehearsing the Christmas play. And he says, lights, please. And the spotlight clicked on. And Linus then goes and delivers one of the most memorable monologues in television history. He gives an account of Christ's birth, word for word from the Gospel of Luke. It lasted a solid minute. So CBS beamed a Charlie Brown Christmas for the first time into roughly half the viewing homes in America. And every year since, families across the nation and around the world have adopted the, you know, the special as one of their Christmas traditions. But the idea, the idea for a holiday show featuring Charlie Brown and the rest of the Peanuts gang uh, almost didn't happen because, well, let me tell you why. New York ad man John Allen uh, needed something to pitch to a big client. And he needed it fast. Charlie Brown was already, Peanuts was already a big thing, uh, you know, in the newspapers. Been featured on the cover of Time magazine. So, Allen picked up the phone, called writer-producer Lee Mendelson, who'd been working on a biography of Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts. And they said, uh, have you and uh, Mr. Schultz ever considered doing a Christmas special? Well, they hadn't. Long and short of it is, they got together, put pen to paper, it worked out. Uh, Alan pitched the idea to his big client, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola loved it, and CBX said no. Primetime TV was no place for scripture, they said, even in a cartoon Christmas show. This is 1965, and we know America was becoming secularized. I mentioned two Supreme Court decisions there. But they went ahead and they did it. The Charlie Brown Christmas came out. It may have been the first time a primetime animated cartoon quoted scripture at length. But, of course, it wasn't the first time Schultz had influenced his comic strip with his faith. And he had a reputation as a firm believer. My point is, though, this. 
our culture may go secular. Our institutions may grow secular. But human beings will never be secular because we're made for God. And there will be moments when our hearts will cry out. Sometimes it might seem inappropriate to some people, like with Dan Orlowski, you know, breaking format there. But we have to trust that in spite of the pressure to silence the voice of faith, we have to be confident that God has made us for himself. And we should always take account of other people and encourage them to speak their heart when it comes to God.